Welcome back to Generation Zedia. We're so excited to get back into all things media and pop culture for our generation. Please welcome my co-host for this episode, Chronicle Multimedia Editor Dan Pasapera. Hello, thank you for inviting me. This week, we're talking about the royal family. And obviously, in the past few months, the royal family has been in the news a lot with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, but also season five of The Crown just came out. Perhaps I have more to reflect on than most. The royal family is in genuine crisis. So, what were your thoughts on the new season? There's so much tea to go into here, and literally, I finished the whole season, all ten episodes, probably in like two days. Um, I knew it was going to happen. It, it, it's just. It was just natural for me at that point. All seasons of The Crown are good. It's very well produced. Um, as a visual guy, the shots are awesome. The storylines are mostly accurate to what history is. I am kind of left disappointed with the ending of the season, only because of the fact that, morbid as this sounds, I thought Diana was going to get killed off this season, and I think that's the only thing they're really latching onto to have a next season. Um, but otherwise than that, like I think there's a few episodes, um, as we're probably going to discuss, that we didn't really expect to see. There's some, you know, there's some just aspects that of royal family history that we just didn't expect to see in this season. I completely agree. I really enjoyed the season for the most part, as I've enjoyed all the four other seasons. But overall, this season just didn't hit the mark that the other ones seemed to, especially coming off of last season with stunning performances from Olivia Coleman and Emma Corrin. I do like the new castings. Like, I love Imelda Staunton as Queen Elizabeth. She's very much, like, you can feel her grandma energy radiating <laughs> off of her. And I like Elizabeth Debicki and um, Jonathan Price, who played Prince Philip. I thought they were all really good. I just don't think they really held a candle to the past iterations of these characters that we're seeing on the screen. And I think, honestly, this season, and even a little bit into last season, it really just solely focuses on Diana and Charles, which, you know, of course, it is a big part of their history in the royal family, but I just kind of left, you know, I left expecting more and wanting more other than just seeing the same two characters. Um, even though the storyline has progressed to this point where probably next season we won't see Diana anymore, but, I, you know, I just, I just expected more. Yeah, I think that because Diana is such a standout figure, we all expected a lot from that and we got it but it was overwhelming the other storylines in the show like this season we had so much we could have done 1992 was an awful year for the royal family three of the four royal siblings get divorced we really only covered charles and diana we kind of went over anne's divorce and there's one scene in the entire season that covers prince andrew and fergie's divorce which honestly (laughs) Is probably the funniest scene this season, but like, Fergie doesn't even get a speaking role at all. They didn't give him much scream time at all. Nope, not at all. And I think that's also in part because of the allegations against Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. I still think they should have talked about it because all of the royal family have done awful things. Like, oh, yeah. we can still portray them <laughs> in TV. And I also found it weird that they only showed William, Prince William, but I don't remember seeing Prince Harry at all. And I thought that was kind of weird. He was only in the Italy scene. Mm-hmm. And th- there's actually one other scene where they go to his school. And I think that's the moment where like Diana like was in the foot race that everyone talks about on like social media where she wanted to do the race with the moms for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that a lot of that is because he was so young at that time. And scheduling young actors is very difficult. Oh, totally. But I think we're going to see a little bit more of him next season because he's, it was so close to Diana. I do. Th- I thought it was kind of weird. He's really not in it at all. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, Charles and Anne are barely present in seasons one and two because they are that small and they're constantly with like a nanny or at a boarding school instead of being with their parents. Totally. And, I, you know, it's kind of weird, though. Margaret wasn't also in this, like, season a lot either. She showed up in bits and pieces. Um, maybe it's probably because last season, for anyone who hasn't watched it, um, they kind of just go into kind of, like, her ups and downfalls with her marriage herself and kind of just, like, that relationship with the royal family and trying to have a marriage that you actually want to have. Um, but sh- in this season, I kind of wanted to see more of Margaret just because she's such a dynamic character in the show and just real life. But... That's another character. I was just like, you know, where, where is she at? I completely agree. I've always loved the portrayals of Princess Margaret from Helena Bonham Carter. And your name is Victoria Kirby. Um, but overall, I really like this portrayal of her. I love this actress whose name is escaping me. The one episode where we really focused on her was good. And I kind of wish we got more of that. But in terms of history, she's really played out her role. Like, she dies in the nine late 90s mm-hmm. or early 2000s and there's really not much left to tell of her story totally. because there's not any drama and honestly if they didn't bring back peter townsend there wouldn't have been a story which is another thing i want to talk about because this season spends so much time in the past and i've noticed that right away because you start with claire foy who played elizabeth in the earlier seasons they spend a lot of time in flashbacks a lot of time just like thinking about the past which i think is so interesting because this season is where elizabeth's an old woman mm-hmm. she is a grandmother she's i think she's 65 in the beginning of the first season and it makes sense that you'd have an older woman reflecting on her past mm-hmm. especially with her hitting 40 years in her reign and the Britannia being decommissioned, which is a thread that runs throughout the season. So on the topic of the royal yacht, I think it's kind of crazy. It, in, not just in the crown, but just in history in general of how the royal family is kind of out of touch with, you know, the British people and just, I guess, just the world overall. Just because it's, you know, the Britannia is a symbol of the monarchy and how expensive the monarchy costs. And the fact that they're... I guess backup to it being decommissioned was just getting a new royal yacht. And I actually enjoyed having that in the season just because the Britannia has been in the royal history for such a long time. It's kind of like why Queen Elizabeth and Philip kind of, it's kind of how they ascended into the world view. Britannia is the reason why they were on a trip and why Queen Elizabeth was where she was in Africa at the point where she found out that she was going to be queen. Um, And I guess just my point is, is, this show overall, you know, it touches upon the hardships of being in the royal family, but there's multiple points where it shows you how out of touch they can be. And it's funny because Charles is like picked shown as one of the few peop- royals who understands the issues the monarchy is facing and he's trying to be in touch, but his personal actions mess that up so much for him. Like the amount of times that he saw a prime minister behind Elizabeth's back and like knew about this article that's basically calling the queen irrelevant and all his crap with diana and camilla he probably would have been a really well-liked king 
if he had cut the crap out and stuck to what he knew would be popular. And like still, like he's very climate focused, which is so important right now. But nobody likes him because of all this stuff that's going on. Even so much so that he got egged last week. <laughs> a protester literally went up to him and Camilla and threw eggs at them, which is incredibly British. <laughs> but it just shows that no matter how in touch with the people he's going to be as a king, the people aren't going to take it because of what he's done as a person, not as a political figure. You got to understand how to connect with your people as well. It, in Queen Elizabeth, it wasn't always easy for her to connect. You know, it took a long time for the monarchy to adapt to be actually to be able to be open and visible to the public. And I feel like Charles was just always just concealed in himself. You know, he not only did he think about other people, but he also constantly I, I don't want to say it for sure, but he always thought about himself. He, oh, he is 100% self-centered. Oh, 100%. The, at least the, by the portrayals that we've seen in The Crown and other media, he very much focuses on who he is, who he wants to be, and not what the people want from him. Which, if you're a normal person, that's fine. Like, very totally. much focus mm -hmm. on yourself and who you want to be. But you are born into a family where you are meant to be the king of England. And you need to understand that even though it isn't fair... You aren't your own person. But like, hey, you're a millionaire. Shut up and just do your job. You don't have such a hard life. Like, come on. <laughs> let's 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 come back down to earth a little bit. And it's it's kind of wild to me because, you know, he was always a public facing figure and now he's arguably even more public facing. And I remember one of the first clips they got of him was him signing something immediately after, you know, his mom died. And he kind of just shoves the pen in like one of the assistants' face. I don't, I don't know if you remember this video, yeah, yeah. but um, kind of just shows it's like, dude, all of your actions, we, we all see it. Like you need to step up to the plate. You are in a position of privilege. You need to show, kind of like the political aspects or just all the things you're generally interested in doing and trying to help your country. You need to put that above yourself. You need to show the people that you can be likable you can connect with them and i just don't think he's gonna do that and i don't think he's doing that right now or has really ever and honestly i think it could be even that they don't care about what they look like to people even though they should it's almost like the royal family is just like the kardashians but for people <laughs> with class and the kardashians clearly don't care what other people think of them they're gonna keep ripping people off and making millions on millions of dollars doing these horrible things and the royal family is going to do the same thing. They don't care, ultimately, even though we think they should. I, quite frankly, I think that the sooner that Charles goes, the better for the monarchy. Oh, yeah. Because he's so unliked. But people really do like William and Kate and their kids. For the most part. Yeah. For the most part, they are very well liked. And people want to see them on the throne. And I think that if we can get to that point then the monarchy will be fine. It may lose a lot of its power and its money, but I don't think it's going away. Totally. And, you know, it doesn't help to have a younger face and some, you know, they're always out in the public. They're always connecting with people as you should be doing when you're in that position of like political power. So, you know, I, I definitely agree with you, even though I'm team Harry all the way and I'm sure as you are as well. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree.